So we are in a, in a series uh, through the book of James, uh, a series um, called The Wisdom of Practical Faith. And that's what James is, is, is really into. He's really about <clears throat> what does it look like uh, uh, to, to, to see your faith being practiced in the face of whatever is occurring in life. To see your faith active, uh, for, for, for you to indeed walk the talk. Um, uh, James is, James is <laughs> what we might say a colloquialism, James is about that life. <laughs> James, James, he wants to see it. He wants to see it happen. Um, I, I think I would have, if, if James was around, I think I would have hung out with James. I don't know if I would have hung with Peter, but I think I would have hung with James, hung out with James a little bit. Um, but we thank God. Uh, we are we are uh, into the series. This is the second week, and we're we're moving down through chapter one <clears throat> in the series. Chapter one, and let me let me begin reading from the book of James, the letter of James, uh, in the first chapter, and I'll begin reading at the ninth verse. We had come as far as the ninth verse. I'll begin reading there. <clears throat> it says. Uh, If you have your copy of God's word, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. It says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. When he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is being tempted, when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you now, Lord, for the opening of your word. We pray that uh, your word would have free course in us. We pray, Lord, for fertile soil and understanding Oh, God, um, we pray to experience your presence uh, in this time, uh, for you to be glorified in this time. Uh, I ask, uh, Lord, uh, for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word to be present, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, in, 
<clears throat> in the in the church tradition where that I where I grew up, um, people that stood up to speak with, uh, in front of the church had a few customary things that they would say when they stood to speak. One saying uh, before anything else was said was, first, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life. Uh, you, you're going to hear that first and foremost. They wanted, you to, they wanted to get that clear as soon as they stood up, that they want to honor God, all right? Another, another saying was, was, was more like a, a call and response. Um, it, it, the, the, the person speaking would say, God is good. And then the church responds all the time. Then the speaker says, and all the time. And then the church would respond, God is good. See, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought about it, you know, and as, as, as lighthearted as it may seem, this exchange between uh, it, it, within the church, uh, it confirms an eternal truth about God's nature both to the, the speaker and the church. Um, that, that simple saying, it, it would be an encouragement to stay in the fight for anyone facing circumstances that seem to say otherwise. Um, you, you were confirming yourself that all the time God is good. Um, so so for, for a title, I just want to... Uh, um, uh, give uh, God is good. Stay in, uh, stay faithful. God is good, so stay faithful. The uh, the main thought I, I find in this passage is understanding God's goodness should help you remain faithfully devoted to Him in your trials. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get more into it. Um, for those uh, uh, that were. Here, not here last week, and those that were, uh, just a quick uh, reminder of James, that this is James writing this epistle. James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, and James writes to Jewish Christians in, in uh, various places outside of Jerusalem as a leader in the church of Jerusalem. Um, uh, they were there finding themselves in uh, facing various trials in their scattering. James writes to encourage them to live out their faith in spite of their trials. Um, we listened last week to him challenge believers to reframe how they, how they view trials. Look at it differently. They were called to recognize them uh, as being, uh, uh, recognize them from God's perspective as reasons for joy since going through them produce godly growth. James urged them, uh, uh, the readers, to seek God's wisdom in the face of trouble, trusting him to provide what was necessary to bear it. Um, he continues in this, this portion of scripture, calling the believers to a, a godly worldview and some steadfast devotion to God in facing trials. Um, he begins this section by launching into a, a known area of trouble for the church, uh, poverty and wealth. Poverty and wealth, and it's just one of the themes that he'll, re, that he'll touch on throughout the, 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 uh, the writing uh, of this text. Um, James uh, drops reminders 
of God's goodness throughout this section, ensuring the readers that whatever they face, he works it for their benefit because of his goodness. Um, now, we know that there's, there's always going to be um, uh, trials and trouble, but, but, but let's see how many ways we see God's goodness in this text. Is that all right? Let's, let's, let's see. Um, we'll, we'll start here in, 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 verse, in verse 9. It says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower fed, falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Uh, the, the culture at, at this time uh, where, where James was preaching, it, it, basically, uh, it was basically divided in two groups. It, it was the, uh, uh, the haves and the have-nots. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they, there was no real middle class like we might think of it uh, today, um, uh, how, how our society is, is structured uh, per se. <laughs> People were, were, were uh, they were also mostly uh, confined to their status throughout their lives. It, it was no real climbing the ladder out of, out of the status uh, so, and naturally, the advantage in life was, was bent toward the rich uh, in this time, as it is in this time. <laughs> but James announces a shift in the status quo. I like him. He, he announces a shift. His point here that he makes is, is as countercultural to us now as it was to them back then, what James uh, shares here. Um, James calls the believers uh, with little wealth and, and, and little social status to put on a different pair of glasses. Uh, they should uh, uh, have the same lenses as the people uh, he told earlier in the, in the chapter to consider it an opportunity for joy when they encounter all types of trouble. Uh, um, this, this is a lens. This is a worldview. This is not make believe amen this 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 is this is different he he says this is this is how you should see things why james why should they see it that way you, they should see it that way because the value system of the world uh, that sees them as valueless is not god's value system uh, um, in god's estimation they are exalted they are exalted this this would have sounded good in the ears of, of, this, uh, of these first century Christians. Um, no matter the, the, the balance in their bank account or, or how people with more might view them, like, like Ephesians 2 and 6 says, they can now recognize themselves as seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. Um, James, James says, I, I, I know that your condition here, it's trying, um, but you have a beloved and holy status with God in Christ Jesus. You can hold your head up and, and, and brag on that, uh, James says. Uh, and he says, it's okay because this bragging, it only goes to glorify the God who loved you enough to make it so. 
James is, is sharing some, some good stuff here. But, but even, even in this lens, in this worldview, this doesn't mean that the poor shouldn't have material provisions. Um, the, the word of God makes providing for the poor a priority. And anyone who tries to disregard that and negate that is, is not being uh, honest <laughs> with the word. Um, but but what, what James is saying, they don't need to strive for a status God's freely given them. He said they can go ahead and just stay faithful in, in, in whatever they're facing, in their position, in their condition. Stay faithful. He, he turns, looks at the rich. The rich who face the testing of, of not relying on wealth and status instead of God. That's their challenge. <laughs> um, they, 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 are to, they are to also brag, but, it, but, it's, but it's the brag that God has brought them down. He's brought them down. Uh, they, they, can, they can boast in how God has caused them to recognize that their wealth earned them no status with him. Uh, James says, boast about that. Uh, God has removed them from their perch of status and placed them with all believers at the level ground of the foot of the cross. Do you know at the foot of the cross, every believer is equal? Every human at the foot of the cross. God doesn't, watch this, God doesn't necessarily strip them of their wealth though. Um, but, 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 he, but he takes any high value or devotion that they have concerning their wealth. He strips them of that um, in, in his goodness to them. God humbled them, showing them that the, the uselessness of trusting in transitory things. James uses the image of, of the wildflower growing uh, in the morning hit by the scorching east wind and, and being gone by the evening. No matter how beautiful it looked when it sprouted, it's gone. I, the, the, the preacher of Ecclesiastes uh, discovered this, this sense of uselessness after setting out to have it all, uh, to everything that the world could offer. He was after only to find out in the end that it's all nothing without God. Amen? Uh, um, it, it, it's, it's nothing without God. Uh, look, look what he says in Ecclesiastes 2, uh, verse, verse 11. He says here, he says, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had ex- expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Um, he, he took an a, a, uh, inventory of, of what, what his life had been about. We, we, when, we, when we hear this and when we read this, we need to take an inventory of our lives. Consider the things that we devote ourselves to so enthusiastically. The things you put so much energy and stake into. Um, uh, 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 one thing that's humbling is that uh, 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 95% of those things uh, that you put all of that into, once you're gone, 
uh, you'll be replaced. In the end, uh, 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 how much of it that we, that we devote ourselves to, how much of it will be relevant in God's sight according to this? Take, a, take an inventory of, of, your, of your life, your pursuit. Is, 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 is the Lord your highest goal? Is he your highest aim? Paul, I, Paul comes along. Paul leaves some, some guidance uh, for a young pastor named Timothy uh, here to share with his congregants. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, Paul says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, uh, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. That which is truly life. Um, James has a lot to say about this. Uh, he, he's going to come back to the attitude and the actions uh, of the rich and the poor uh, later, later in, his, in, his, in his book here. But we, we can see, um, for, for right now, we can see here God's goodness in reversing harmful socioeconomic value systems in his people. Uh, uh, there, there's value systems in the world, but God looks here, he's, he's reversing those value systems in his people. In the same way, uh, uh, James would not have been uh, pro- probably checking for his brother Jesus when Jesus was out teaching and Jesus said that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But James, after seeing the resurrected Jesus, said he, he, he knew what he was saying. There is a reversal that, that's happening, and it's, and it's by the power of God. He's leveled us all beneath the cross. There, there's more here. There's more here. He says in verse 12, look at verse 12, James chapter 1, verse 12. Look at this. It says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Yeah, Lord. Um, The the, the scripture, uh, it it opened back in verse 2, instructing the believers to count it all joy when trials come. But now it says even more to consider yourself blessed in 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 a favorable way before God when you can persevere through them, through the trial. The, 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 he's the one that sticks to it and stays faithful while facing their test can be compared to, to, the, to the quality of a, of a precious metal having been examined and purified by heating. He, you're like that. Uh, uh, blessed are you. The, the, the faithfulness of the believer in the test proves that they're authentic. Uh, when, when, when something when something can't doesn't stand the test, uh, 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 it, it proves that it's not all. Off-
authentic. Job, Job had this, Job, Job knew something about testing. Y- y- y'all remember Job, amen? Job knew something about testing. Job uh, chapter 23 and verses 10 and 11, Job says, uh, uh, referring to God, but he knows the way I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Job says, my foot is held fast. Job said, I, I stayed there. My foot is held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. Job said, I didn't take the exit ramp. I, I kept going. Uh, the, 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 look, look, look. And, and then going on and, and advancing the thought. Uh, I like how the apostle Peter picks up. Um, Peter points beyond uh, the test. You does anybody know that sometimes you have to look beyond the test? Beyond the test, something, something beyond the test. He looks beyond the test to like a, a future celebration, Peter does. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, he says, uh, uh, um, talking to some folks that have been going through trials, he says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, uh, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is a future uh, celebration and, and Jesus is at the center of it. He said, he said there's some good stuff coming. And so, so James uh, now says, he, he describes it in this way, this crown that James mentions, uh, it, it sounds like a reward, this crown that James mentions, it, it's a picture of a triumphant completion of a contest. It, 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 it's what somebody has that, that, that has victory. The, the one who faithfully perseveres will now again encounter the goodness of God receiving uh, to themselves like a crown his promise of eternal life. Now, eternal life, you you would think all believers have uh, eternal life. Those who love God, believers, those who love God, they have, um, they've received eternal life. It's it's already their possession, amen? But, But there is a full and future measure of experiencing it ahead of, uh, uh, for each one who remains faithful. Uh, 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 we, we only, we're only experiencing a pinch of the eternal life right now. There's, there, there is a full and glorious uh, encounter with eternal life that, that, that we, we almost can't fathom it. James says that you, you'll, get, you'll get your crown. You just stay faithful. So God is good. We're pointing out when God is good, amen? So God is good not only in promising eternal life, but providing the test that proves and reveals those who are receiving it. God is good again. <laughs> look, it, there's more. There's more. Look, look at verse 13. Let's, uh, verse 13. He says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. 
then desire, when it, it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Amen? Contrary to what society says, there is a thing such as sin. Amen? <laughs> uh, look, look, let's, let's, let's unpack. James, James seems to turn quickly here uh, uh, from trials to temptations. He was talking about trials, now he's talking about temptations. But, it, but it's not so quick. Uh, in, the, in the original language, uh, uh, both trial and tempted are versions of the exact same word. It's, it's one coin. <laughs> Watch this. Um, uh, depending on the context, you get, you get the, the, the context gives you the sense of the word. So James set some things straight here for the people who might, uh, might be considering buckling or folding under their trials. He says, uh, 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 trials that are faced with God's wisdom are only tests meant for our construction, our building up. But when we choose to take alternate paths that God hasn't designated using our own wisdom, we find temptation which always leads and is always set for our destruction. Our destruction. Uh, you get the difference? Trials, are, I mean, uh, 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 trials and tests, they're for our construction. Temptation is, is for our destruction. Uh, uh, and, and there's someone that, that, that's known as the tempter, uh, and he ain't God. James says, don't be pointing the finger at God when you start uh, uh, finding yourself waddling in temptation. Um, we, we've been trying to blame God for our sins since the beginning. Her, here, 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 Adam, here, listen to Adam being confronted by God in the garden saying, the woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I did eat. And I got into it because it sounds like he's blaming Eve, but he's actually blaming God. He said, he said, he says, the woman you gave me, uh, before you gave me her, I was here in the garden. I had no issues. He's, he's blaming God for what he called bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Amen. I, that's another, that's another sermon for another time. Listen, listen, the, the whole issue, the, this sin, this temptation, it was really between Adam and the serpent. Because Adam should have crushed the serpent's head when the serpent spoke a word contrary to God and to his wife. Now that's a whole sermon for another time. But, but, here, but here again, what do we see? We see God's goodness here again. He, he can't be blamed. God is blameless. God is too good to be tempted and also too good to be luring folks into sin. His goodness. He is morally perfect. Ain't it good news too because if we had a God that tempted us, who could stand? Who could resist? If God was the one doing the tempting, we'd all fall. In fact, in fact, that's so contrary to God. We read earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it tells us that God is faithful who won't allow us to be tempted beyond our ability. And when temptation comes, he provides a way of escape that we will be able to, what? 
endure it. Endure it. That's, that's God. God is good. James, 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 James goes on. He shares the fact uh, that, that temptation, the, the temptation process begins in us and ends in death. Uh, he, that, that thing's going on inside of you. Picture, picture a fish, what James said. Picture a fish being lured out of safety of the shallows by something floating in front of them that they think is going to be delicious and filling. And after watching and wanting, it takes the bait biting down only to find itself pierced with a sharp hook and snatched out of the water to its death. That's temptation and sin. I, 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 mentioned, I mentioned before uh, 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 in, a, in another sermon, another series, that temptation is when desire begins to look past God for satisfaction. Uh, that desire inside of people begins to reach for what it craves and shouldn't have. When, when it takes hold of that thing, James describes it like a cycle of pregnancy and births. And I don't think it's a nine-month gestation. It might take nine months, but I, I don't know that it always takes nine months. It, it, it's something, though, that, that grows and swells in a person's life before it has its full arrival. And upon arrival, it brings death. Um, when, when, when someone facing trials or testing, instead of enduring, decides to take another path that looks desirable to them, they veer into sin and it's only a matter of time before they find death. Uh, James, I, I don't know if he can make it any more clear, uh, but, but we veer on our own. Uh, are you with me? Um, Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Uh, we, we, we all have a natural leaning toward wrong things, but, but our temptations come in different forms. Amen? What entices one may not, may not lure someone else. Uh, uh, uh. In other words, I, I can walk by your temptation and not have any issues, um, but I can't judge you for the issues you have. I can only encourage you like James does. Amen. It, it, what, 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 uh, but we, we have to be sure, regardless of what form the temptations take, uh, be, be sure that under each temptation, regardless of what it looks like, is the sharp hook of sin and death under each temptation. And still, even in all of that, we can't blame God for that. We can only ask for his help and take the way of escape that he provides for us. Amen? James, James moves on to make sure that they're clear about God's way. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. He loves them. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth 
by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. James doesn't want any believers to be misled concerning God and his goodness. So he calls them to pay attention about what he's, what he's going to say next. That, that, that do not be deceived. That means pay attention. Um, uh, once, once they recognize that God's goodness doesn't make room for him doing evil things, uh, they need to be confident about what he does do. Um, he tells you what, what we already see, saw what he doesn't do. Um, what does he do? He provides all good things and only good things. That's what God does. Anything good that's received has its source in him. The, the same one that created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Anything good received has its source in him. Huh? Somebody, one of, one of, our, one of our youth in the youth group uh, brought up the age-old question. So if I find a $20 bill on the ground, is that my blessing or is that a test? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Any good thing from him, and we're talking about trials here, right? Uh, 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 and on, on top of this, you can you can be certain that good things come from him, and only good things come from him, uh, because that is the way uh, James uses creation as an example. Uh, the, the sun, the moon, the stars, good things to give us light so that we would not walk around in darkness. Amen. But, but, but he doesn't change either. So that you can count on the good things. He doesn't change either. Uh, customs, cultures, norms, people, even the sun, the moon, and the stars, <clears throat> they all change. But there uh, isn't even the hint or the slightest hint of a shadow being cast by God ever shifting his position. God does not change. This, this, uh, oh, uh, uh, $5 word, this immutability of God means that his goodness, like the rest of his characteristics, is present in everything he does. Oh, God. Um, the, People might manage doing something good for a little while. But if you're around them long enough, they're going to change. They, they aren't like the unchanging God who is consistently and inherently good. He doesn't, he doesn't, give, uh, he doesn't give us temptations, but he does give good and perfect gifts. We, we, we've seen examples already here in James. I talked about the creation, the sun, moon, and stars, the earth, all these things he's given us to enjoy. Uh, 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 for one, here in the first chapter of James, there's that generous wisdom we talked about last week that he pours out for his people so that they will be able to persevere in their trials. He makes it freely, freely available for them. But the ultimate example, uh, you can think of, of good things God has placed in your life, right? We, we prayed about that earlier, good things, just this week, just this morning, the good things he's done. But the ultimate example of his good gift giving is the living gospel, the life 
life-giving gospel, the word of truth, James says. This gospel of our salvation. Uh, uh, Even after mankind, I I mentioned Adam and it didn't stop with him, repeatedly failed the test again and again. Instead of leaving us for dead, God spoke, promising to send a deliverer to get us out of that mess. A A savior who would make the wrong right. One who would bring people into the kingdom and family of God. So just at the right time, what did God do? He's good and he gave his best. God gave his only begotten son for the world that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. He's good. Every, everyone who has received him has a part in this according to God's word. These, 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 these early believers, <clears throat> they just give a glimpse, of, a picture of God's goodness and the promise of, of, of many more believers to come. They were a first fruits. They were the beginning of the harvest that was waved like an offering in front of God, celebrating his goodness and what he promised to do and the rest of the harvest that he would bring in, that they would be uh, just the first of more believers to come along with all of God's new creation that he's going to bring to be. His goodness is not up for debate. We ended it. That's the end of that. The only question that needs to be answered uh, 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 for you to recognize if this, all of this uh, persevering, persevering joy and, and, and this overcoming temptation and trial that James speaks of The only question that has to be answered to know, do you have part in that, is is have you been born again? Simply simply have, have, have you asked God to place your sinful life on the cross with Jesus and give you a new life through his own spirit in Jesus's name? That's the only, that's the only thing that's up for debate. That's the only question. And, and, I, and, I, and I pray it's so for, for those that are gathered in the room. I pray it's so for those that are watching online. But if not, today could be the first day and the best day of the rest of the days of your life. <laughs> if you would just ask God to just spread and pour out this goodness on you. The life of his son for your life. What do, what do we... What do we, what do we uh, What do we take from from this? What do we take from this? That even when trials come and seem to overwhelm us, we need to recognize that God is good and not give up. He's good to turn the tables of social status. He's good to test us and never tempt us. He's good to keep his promises And he's good to provide every good thing and especially new life. God is good. And all the time, 